0: Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in for the Hotsard Huddle podcast presented by HotsardHuddle.com. It's the pot of open discussion and open dialogue. We talk about a handful of topics that fall under the blanket of sports, entertainment, politics, and business. These are my friends, my people, my fans. You are now Inside the Huddle. Bringing in Michael Hotard back for another episode of the Hotard Huddle podcast alongside Matt Labatou, Danny Hillman. Episode 48 and, uh, you know, the train just keeps rolling. Well, week seven is in the books of the NFL, gentlemen. And uh, before we get started, you know, what are, what are we drinking tonight, boys? What's getting the juices flowing
1: for us tonight? Got some ice cold H2O because I'm a loser and got to be up and get a lot of work done tomorrow, but would rather be drinking a nice uh, a nice beer that you have if you want to share that with everybody.
0: Oh, the Shiner Holiday Cheer, it's back and I'm so excited.
1: Oh, Dude, that so shit is delicious.
0: Absolutely delicious. Danny, what are you drinking? I'm going super soft with a seltzer. Hey, I'll be switching to that midway through. It's all good. So hey,
1: Nothing oh, wrong with the seltzer dear, game. But-
0: Seltzers are always a win, never a bad option ever, but week seven is in the books. Um, And man, I mean, we had some, we had some pretty, pretty big stories come out this week, but let's, let's start it with, uh, with a little comedic approach. I I fully believe that Marshawn Lynch should be on every single NFL broadcast every single weekend, plain and simple.
2: I mean, I, so I got spoiled because this was the first, uh, Manning and Manning broadcast I tuned into. So I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, all right, this is cool. They had some of those awkward pauses and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. All right. Cool. And then, you know, beast mode just comes in lounging, just not, not giving a damn, um, you know, and he's just, you know, that's the part that we never got to see because of, you know, his uh, love, hate relationship with the the media, you know? Um, because whenever you hear him mic'd up or something, he's hilarious, you know, and he's, he's an all around good guy from what, you know, at least on the surface, um, you know, it's, so it's fun to watch that. I would def. I'll put it to you this way. I would definitely tune in to hear him again.
0: Oh dude. He's brilliant. He's, and you know, you talk about him being a good guy. I think he's one of the most pure guys in the NFL. You know what you're getting out of him. He's not afraid of who he is. Like he's dude. He's just awesome. Like dude jumps on the broadcast. Like you said, he's lounging. He's talking about how many shots of Henny he did before he got on the broadcast. And then Seattle gets a uh, play blown dead while they're on offense and he just drops in the slips, the casual. Oh, what the fuck? And then you <laughs> see him cover his mouth like, Oh my bad. And like they just roll past it. I think Peyton made a joke about it, about the fact that, well, his little brother's flipping off the camera during broadcast. Now he's got to worry about Marshawn Lynch dropping an F bomb and dude's got no chill. It's the best. And like, like, it's just funny, man. Like, That's what broadcasting, in my opinion, should be. It adds light to the game. Like, we need to drop the whole ultra-serious sports motif. Yeah,
1: because how popular have those uh, Eli and Peyton Manning broadcasts been uh, the last couple of weeks? They're probably some of the best, at least uh, football-wise, like announcing and stuff you're ever going to find. Like, the chemistry is great between them, obviously, because they're brothers. But then you just get to kind of pick their minds a little bit, but they also have fun the entire time. So, you know, you don't have to be like an analytical football head to sit and watch it. So I think you can get a lot more people interested in the game, too, if you're going to get this banter back and forth. And it's, yeah, like you said, not so serious of a tone. And I think it, it draws in a lot of people. But going back to Marshawn Lynch for a second, every time I, I think of him, I can't help but think of that interview. I think when he was in high school and he says he's taken all of, uh, all of his offensive linemen to Sizzler after. Good. So, yeah. <laughs> What a pure guy! He's a, he's a treasure. Every time he gets on the uh, the mic,
0: Marshawn Lynch is a national treasure. Make that statement right now, just because it is a definitive fact. Um, you know, you want to talk about sound bites for days. I mean, I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm thankful. I'm about that action, boss. Like, dude, he's just he's just true to what he is. Like one of my favorite, I think, Marshawn videos I've ever seen. Um, he had to go talk to a mother, uh, during one of his football camps. Um, it was on YouTube. You can probably find it, but I, I don't know what the situation was with the kid, but it sounded like the kid wasn't participating in drills. So Marshawn was just like, Hey, like get with it or get the fuck off my field. Like we're here to work. Um, And he had to go apologize to the mom and explain the situation and like watching him interact with her, like kind of explain his side, but also listen to her side. Because I I don't know how old the age group was, but Marshawn is going to Marshawn like he's going to speak the way Marshawn speaks. So but it was it was it ended up being like a really cool interaction with a parent who was there and because like they were talking about I paid all this money and this and that. And he was just like, hey, I'll spell it out for you. Your kid's not working. Be mad at your kid, not at me. Like, um, But he's just – dude, he's just true to who he is. It's cool to see. And, you know, that broadcast, like I said, get him on the tube as much as possible, and I'm bought in. He's he's great. But um, this week, I mean, let's, let's just open the floor here. What's some of the biggest things that you all saw this week um, in terms of week seven that you guys want to touch on and address?
2: I'll
0: let you go first. Wow. That's a first.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, one of the things I'll touch on for sure is, is Oakland kind of keeping it rolling and uh, kind of funny thing with after <laughs> caught myself again, man, it's uh, Las Vegas. Sorry about that. At least I didn't drop a, uh, a red skin bomb, but <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, nice. but, uh, but having them rolling again and it, it looks like they're a car uh need i say is even playing better since gruden's been gone it's like you know it almost makes you wonder does he feel a little bit more comfortable you know there's not as much tension in the room or something like that i won't go too deep into that but just you know something to think about but uh you know the saints getting it done again is another uh i guess big storyline kind of a disgusting game of football uh almost borderline unwatchable at some points but Alvin Kamara keeps it going. Jameis Winston doesn't play a great game, but he at least plays a pretty mistake-free game, doesn't throw an interception. So uh, keeps the ball rolling there. Uh, One huge thing that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, uh, at least rolling into this week, is Dak Prescott kind of limping around on that leg a little bit. Like, you know, how is that calf going to play into this week? Because I think if uh, his mobility is limited, that definitely can take away from, how he plays uh, the football game and can limit that offense a little bit. So that's uh, definitely also one of the storylines I'm kind of paying attention to. uh, You know, the Lions are the Lions getting their ass kicked again. (laughs) Uh, Funny thing is Jared Goff, uh, fun little stat, literally never won a game that has not been uh, where he's not been coached by Sean McVay. Has yet to win a game with Dan Campbell and didn't win a game with Jeff Fisher at all. So I think that's kind of funny he gets to a look pass into. for the uh, first
0: one, though. Oh man, Jeff
1: Fisher, <laughs> Jeff Mr. a guy. Um, but he wouldn't be Mr. Aiden anymore because of the uh, extra game, he'd be one, Mr. like eight and nine.
0: Yeah, man, what a disappointing thing if he was still coaching. I mean, we wouldn't get Mr. Eight and eight anymore, Mr. Seven and nine. It would be a weird like eight and nine or something, but uh, let's uh, I'll, I'll dive back to the Saints a little bit because um, Danny and I, um, we're talking about this and that is of course Jameis and Traquan Smith getting into a scuffle on the sideline a little bit. Jameis was in his fucking ear bad. Um, now I was kind of in and out on the game. I was busy doing other things at the time, but I happened to look up at one point. I just saw Jameis getting after him. Um, and that's when I was like, dude, what the heck happened? Um, but man, like It's not a good look for Traquan, man. Like, you have been out. Now, Grant, I mean, injuries are going to happen, but you you get out, and, you know, this was, I think, game one back. And, dude, you got your quarterback getting after you for something. That is not a good look for him. And, dude, I was – I like seeing that kind of fire out of Jameis, man. Like, he was not playing around. You could tell he was frustrated. The offense wasn't moving the ball much. Still got the dub, but – Man, passion. I I can dig that all day.
1: Maturity, too, I think.
2: Yep. Yeah, I mean, Mike and I, yeah, we were talking about the maturity. We love seeing that. Also, the the other thing, I think I was reading this the other day, Jameis has gone four games this year without a turnover. Um, His last two years in Tampa, he didn't have four games combined without a turnover. Uh, You know, now plenty of people in – my neck of the woods down here in New Orleans are going to say it's because he sat behind breeze and kind of learned the ways I think that plays a part, but I also think it's what you're saying, Matt, a little bit of just natural maturity too. I think the guy really had kind of that come to Jesus moment, like, Hey, this is my, probably my last shot, you know, am I going to take it serious and um, realize that I have to earn this, not just be drafted, you know, number one overall. And here, here are the keys. Um, so, you know, with that, I mean, the, the saints are, you know, winning in ways that we don't see the saints usually win, you know? Um, so that's, that's a pretty cool thing. I still think they have some work to do. I think they did an awesome thing this week, Mike, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, you know, a little bit more. Um, but bringing Camara's buddy, buddy back, um, you know, trading for Mark Ingram, uh, you know, and you know, I hope Saints fans don't expect Mark Ingram to be the Mark Ingram of old. You know, it's been a couple of years since he wore that jersey. Like, you know, he's a complimentary back to Kamara now. It's not, you know, thunder and lightning. Um, he's going to help him with a spell, some short yardage situations, stuff like that. Um, but it is going to be fun to see him back there um, and kind of see what he does.
0: Well, with... With Ingram coming back, you know, I, of course, had to uh, hop on the blog and write a little bit about it because, I mean, dude, it's boom and zoom. Um, But even in his final year with the Saints, I mean, Ingram took a backseat to Kamara. Um, Kamara was the guy. Uh, Now, of course, Ingram was productive his final season. I think he still finished 600 yards. I think he had nine touchdowns. I mean, his last three years in New Orleans, the dude put up – probably i think it was around 3500 all purpose um both rushing and receiving he had 2000 yard rushing seasons back to back before that 600 before taking that back seat um and then i have to look at the total touchdown count i think he hit double digits one of those seasons also had like a uh a 9 and then maybe a 6 um in terms of touchdowns so he was productive um and then You know, I talked about this. He didn't leave on bad terms per se, but Danny can attest to this. I was livid when he was ultimately let go because it was over just a couple of million. Like it was chump change of what I thought he should have gotten just from a locker room standpoint. I mean, we can say all we want about Breeze, um, you know, at the time. The locker room guy was Mark Ingram and Cam Jordan, period. Those were the two leaders of the team. Um, you could see it on the sidelines. You could see it in the interactions. Um, but it's I, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he has an opportunity to retire as a Saint and not on a one-day contract actually in a meaningful role for a team that is trying to get into the playoffs here. Um so there's a couple of things I'm going to touch on and I touched on these in the column that I wrote number one get this man the yards he needs in the first game to break Deuce's rushing record let his first game back be meaningful now he's going to need um, I think it's 89 or 90 yards so he would have to have some substantial playing time but I hope that happens in game one like I hope somehow he just breaks a 60 and then they just feed him. But um, don't know if we'll see that, but that's got to be one of the goals for the saints as silly as it is, but make sure he gets his, gets that record. He's earned it. He, he spent a lot of years in new Orleans, played for a lot of really good new Orleans teams. Um, but it's cool to see him kind of get back into a relevant situation versus being stuck in Houston. Um and then the the one and only thing that just I'm excited for is having Boom and Zoom back. I mean, when, they, when he left, he and Alvin Kamara were the best bromance in the NFL, period. The two of them clowning on sidelines um, after every big play, hyping each other up. The relationship they had, like, dude, that was the best part of the Saints. And then hopefully... Hopefully, with him being back, because he and Michael Thomas were very close, hopefully we get that little trio back. Because one of my favorite clips is when they were playing Get Your Roll on in the Dome, and you see Kamara, Ingram, Michael Thomas just getting on the sidelines, dancing. I forgot which game it was against. They were beating the shit out of somebody, and you just see them dancing, having a good time on the sidelines. I hope. Um, when Michael Thomas does come back, he gets back to form. We get a little bit of that trio again and, you know, hopefully puts to bed some of the shit he's been hearing. But, um, Mark Ingram being back, there is no negative that is even remotely going to come from this.
2: Yeah. Um excited to see it. I mean, the other, I guess if it's cool with you, I'll get into the other things I noticed this week. Um, you know, being one, uh, Welcome to relevancy and potentially domination for the Cincinnati Bengals. They look really, really good. Um, and it's not – they haven't just looked good for one week. You know, they they started out the season
0: um, – They played a tough schedule.
2: Yeah. And they they handled Baltimore, which at the time of this podcast last week, we were like, hey, Baltimore's – you know, just handling everyone, you know, chargers and, and whatnot. Um, Jamar Chase, the GM's the happiest he could ever be because he looks like the smartest man in the world. Choosing chase. Cause when that, when he picked him, there's a lot of scrutiny, you know, you were supposed to get Panay Seawolf Um, instead you get a guy who's probably going to break his former teammate, college teammates record, you know, Justin Jefferson with, rookie receiving yards Um, and they're fun to watch both on offense and defense. They really are fun to watch. Um, The other thing is uh, I'll go out on the limb here. I think if you're the Kansas city chiefs, it's time to panic. Um, They don't look right, man. And I'm not going to stop pressing the panic meter until, you know, they get, they learn how to play defense. It seems like, you know, Spags. Steve Spagnola has them looking lost. Um, And you need Mahomes to get back to form. Um, You can really tell he's pressing, trying to do too much. And it's not just improv. He's trying to do too much right now. He's got to let the game come to him. Um, But the reason why I'm pressing panic is there's no way that roster should ever put up only three points in a game. And I don't care who it's to. Um, There's absolutely no way in the history of football that you should go head to head with the Titans and Derek Henry runs out of that stadium with one more touchdown pass and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, Hey, I'm not saying like, you know, we have to sit there and chalk them up to not making the playoffs. I'm not saying that at all, but when we started this season, that was the chiefs division and everyone else was just, supposed to fall in line you know it's supposed to be the Chiefs as the one or two seed um you know the chargers get in and then you're talking well maybe does uh vegas or denver get in i mean and denver like you said in your column i mean pretenders carolina pretenders right um but the chiefs just don't look right they look out of sorts i don't know how to describe it before
0: we get into the chiefs before getting into the chiefs let's circle back to the Bengals really quick because um, you know, who did, I, I'm trying to remember now, of course, we could always go back and find out, but did anyone here call the Bengals a pretender?
1: Oh, I definitely did. And I look like an asshole <laughs> I <get> now, bent. <laughs> man, I, I, they look fantastic. I'm just going to put my foot right in my mouth. Uh, their defense looks at least middle of the road. Uh, which is, you know, if you have a great offense or at least a good offense, that can you can definitely get away with at least having an average defense. And their rush defense is actually pretty damn good. They they contain the running back well. It's just a secondary that's a little shaky. But they got Jesse Bates back there. Uh, he's a the pretty good safety. But dude, it's like good luck stopping that offense. I was afraid uh, of that offensive line, but it's holding up, you know, pretty well or or good enough to keep Joe Burrow upright and uh, as Danny was alluding to with Jamar chase, like, first off, I love Jamar chase. Cause I'm an LSU guy, but like for last week, fuck Jamar chase, because he's the sole reason why I lost my fantasy matchup. That You're also had, a
0: Rummel guy too.
1: I am. And I went to rumble. So a little bit of a, a closer tie there, but he had just enough points with like uh yardage with 201, which is insane to think a oh, rookie's putting up 201 yards in a football game. But, uh, well but yeah, that, that offense is, is loaded.
0: Five of that came after three broken tackles.
1: Did um, you I every time I see that play, I, I it it's almost unbelievable. Just like how in the hell do three professional defensive players just not make what seemingly look like a, a pretty routine tackle. It was a
0: third and two slant. It was yeah, a third and, and two and slant. And it
1: and he takes it to the house. And, and I mean you can't discredit Chase because he got out of it. Uh so and then you have T Higgins, who is a gigantic monster. And then you have uh, Boyd on the other end, who's Mr. Reliable. And CJ cool. Uzoma catching, you know, all these passes now.
0: It's it's really opened things up. Now, circling back to draft, So, obviously, everyone was kind of talking about uh, Bengals taking um, Panay si- uh, Sewell. So, the problem that I think a lot of people forgot too is Bengals did some work in the off season. Now it wasn't anything sexy. It wasn't any, um, offensive linemen who are, you're like, Oh, they're going after, you know, all pro free agents. No, but they did address with a couple of filler guys. Um, and it's worked out, but you know, one of the things that constantly got talked about when they did eventually go with Jamar chase was, well, now Burrow has someone who can come in and they're comfortable with one another right away. And, I mean, dude, he they are not missing a fucking beat right now. Um, you know, the talk has not just been, oh, is Jamar Chase not only the definitive offensive rookie of the year, he might be the best receiver in the NFL. Like, people are legitimately seven weeks in already screaming that, and I don't think it's a stretch. Um, you know, they're talking about this being the best rookie season for a receiver since Randy Moss, so he's in very good company right now. But going back to the Bengals, um, you know they have a close win against the Vikings, close uh, or a close loss against the Bears. They, I mean, beat the Steelers by fourteen. They have a close game against the Jags, a close game against the Packers, in which they lost. And then the last two weeks, I mean absolutely steamrolled the lions and then the Ravens. So they've had a relatively tight schedule with some pretty good teams and to come out on that five and two, um, looking, you know, ahead, the schedule is still pretty difficult. So, um, but I don't think they're a pretender. Um, and I think they are very much in the conversation for a potential contender in the AFC, and I, I, I talked about that because, like Danny mentioned, Chiefs don't look too damn hot right now. Now, I'm not going to hit panic. I've, I have talked about that in my column this week. I'm not ready to hit panic yet. It's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still the Chiefs. It's still Andy Reid. But I'm getting there. Um, and when I say getting there, In the same breath, I also said in that column, if they go the next one and four and they end up being whatever that is, I'm probably still going to say, oh, it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's just one of those situations where it's hard to ever really count them out. Um, But the big thing that's just kind of interesting about all this is Patrick Mahomes is facing the least amount of pressure, so to speak, he's ever faced in his career as a starter thus far. Um, and that could be a number of things, you know, he's leaving the pocket quickly. Um, he might be overconfident and just throw, getting all willy nilly throwing and getting past happy going the Brett Favre route, but he's turning it over a lot. Um, so I, it's hard to pinpoint what exactly is happening, but. Again, I'm still not even ready to go above a five on the panic meter. There's still a lot of football left, and it's still Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yeah, but you're at a zero on the panic meter to start the season. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's kind of what I'm hitting home with. Um, the other thing I want to add, too, can you guys ever think of a season where both the offensive and, rookie and defensive rookie of the year Favorites also have a legitimate shot at offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year in the same season?
1: It's a great point.
0: I mean it's and, it's at,
1: and no, I can't <laughs> I can't recall anything. Mike?
0: I had to finish stuff and Pringles in my face, but no. I mean now who are you referring to with defensive uh rookie? Are you talking Parsons?
1: Trayvon. Oh, Diggs all the way, man.
0: Isn't he in year two?
1: Ah, he's right. Is he's he really? Year two. He's in uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, second dude. year.
0: I was but like, I mean, what are you talking about? Well, you think well, Parsons wins yeah. it over Diggs?
2: Well, then, yeah, I was talking Micah Parsons.
0: <laughs> well, we were trying, no, to, we were trying to trick unless, you. Unless Diggs falls off the face of the earth and then Parsons uh, decides to go... Freaking Miles Garrett out and pressure the quarterback 90 times this year. So
1: hey, mate, if Ben Simmons can win rookie of the year. Yeah. So can Trayvon Diggs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ben Simmons can do it. Anything is possible. I, I, uh, I confuse
2: Trayvon with Asante Samuel and, uh, what's his name? The other kid. Sertain. Sertain. Yeah. So,
1: so everybody gets one.
2: That's well, my bad.
0: There's your flub of the week from Danny.
1: Panicking the Chiefs. So going back to the Chiefs for for just a second to wrap that up. uh The one thing, so the offense concerns me obviously because they look kind of out of out of rhythm. Uh, I thought they were going to look much better last week, especially since they closed out the second half of the game before with what was it three touchdowns. But uh I'm more worried about the defense. Obviously, uh the defense looks horrendous, and even if that offense does get into a rhythm you still got to stop teams at some point. You can't just hope you're going to win every game 52 to 51. And I think at at some point in the season or, or even if they, you know, can sneak into the playoffs, the defense has to step up at some point. And they do have a lot of big names on the defense. Like you can say, Fred Clark and, and Tyron Matthew, you know, making plays and whatnot, but like these guys just have to step up and play better, you know? And it's only going to – the offense can only do so much. Uh, we can say it's Patrick Mahomes, and, and sure, he could end up throwing 30 touchdowns between now and the end of the season, but that defense has to, to play better.
0: Well, I think the, the big issue they're facing cohesively as a unit now is, well, the defense has had the luxury of playing next to an offense who can just score at will who can get out ahead. So the defense was limited to situational football. Now they're having to keep them in tighter games. They're having to keep them in games. And I mean, when you're the chiefs heading into the, you know, third or fourth quarter and you only have single digits, that's not what that team's used to. Um, So it's, it's interesting. I mean, again, I think they end up figuring it out. I think they end up making everyone kind of look silly by the end of this but we will see um, if you had to put a number on the panic meter then I already gave mine with a three, but uh, what about you guys? I mean, where, where would you put your panic meter for
1: the chiefs right now? I'm probably at a seven, you know, I, I think it's, it's fair enough to to put it at a seven because it's, it's not like it's week two, week three, we're starting to get into, you know, almost to the middle of the season. And, you're still having these games where you just sputter along and the, you know, the offense can't get it ready. And sure. We can keep saying, Oh, they're going to figure it out. But one week they, they actually have to put it all together and figure it out. And we haven't really seen that yet. So, you know, we're, we're getting towards the middle of the season panic meter starting to get kind of high for me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sold that they will figure it out. So uh, what do you guys think?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm probably like a a 7 or an 8, um, closer to 8. Um, they'll get – they should – I'll tell you this. It's a 10 if they lose this week to the Giants. There's There's absolutely no reason to lose that game. Um,
0: oh, come on. Daniel Jones, <laughs> Daniel Jones <laughs> can't throw the ball. He's a great quarterback.
2: But after that, I mean, your next three games are the Packers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. Um, you already have a pretty rough record and all three of those you need to compete with after that Denver, then you see the Raiders again, but with Denver divisional opponents, all, all bets are off, right? Um, chargers, Steelers, Bengals, We mentioned them, um, Broncos, Niners, Cardinals, Vikings. I mean, these guys are going through the gauntlet. Um, that would be a tough you know, if it was last year's Chiefs, it would still be a tough schedule. Um, that's kind of why the the panic's going everywhere for me, you know? Um, it's just absolutely insane. Um, but I don't know, probably an eight, maybe a nine. If they lose to the Giants, it's a
0: I think if they lose to the Giants, I'm uh, putting them on life alert, but um... – I mean,
2: and I, I like Steve Spagnuolo, but he needs to go. He does it at every stop. Yep. You know, just he just burns out. Yeah, he's a firework man. He he just ascends quickly, first, and then it just kind of comes back down to reality. Um, you know, but it's it is what it is. Like I said, you have Mahomes pushing to do too much. Um, they like you said, they're just out of sync. They're out of sorts, and hopefully the Giants – I mean, this is a a game that you want to play if you are struggling right now against a beat-up, bad team, so
0: to speak.
1: And it's at home, too, so that definitely Mm. will help.
0: You know, the – If there's a
1: turnaround game, it's this one.
0: Yeah. They need it. I mean, I wrote about that in the column this week, too. I mean, I mentioned those games that they have ahead. Um, You know, heading into that bye week – Like you already said, Giants, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys. It's not a good four-game stretch for a struggling team. Um, And even if they end up being four and seven heading into that bye, I'm probably still not hitting above a six on the panic meter, but um, they they need to figure it out. And I, I think if they are going to, this has got to be the week to do it with the Giants. I mean, I think they all hit the nail.
2: If they're four and seven, do they make the playoffs? Do you think they can turn it around and make the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. See, I, I don't. mean,
0: if they go on a tear, end up going ten and ten and seven, yeah. Because um, I think you look around the AFC, look at their division. Um, most of the playoff teams, as far as wildcards go, are probably Chargers out Raiders. Of that
1: division. Yeah, I think so.
0: Um. So. I think that's super important that they – it's kind of to their benefit but also their downfall that they're going – that they're in probably the most competitive division right now in the AFC. Um, I mean, let's face it, the AFC East, uh, cool. No one's coming out of that with a winning record except maybe the Patriots. Or, sorry, the Bills. My bad.
1: Bills. Um, Patriots could be sneaky towards the end. but Yeah, eh. Patriots
0: could be sneaky, but they're nothing special. Um, So, I mean, if – If you ask me to take the over, the under on a 10-7 and record for the Patriots, right now I'm saying the under. Um, And then you have the North. Uh, Steelers are not looking too good. Um, Bengals and Ravens, those are your two. Um, And then you look over in the South. I mean, you got the Titans. Colts are starting to come around, but they're still 3-4, and so they're in the same spot as as the
1: Chiefs. So if you ask me... What's that? I uh, don't I was going to say don't discount the Browns now in the uh, in the north there. You know, they have a lot of injuries right now, but they're still a damn competitive team. Uh defense has to turn around a little bit, but I I wouldn't necessarily discount them.
0: That's also fair. I completely forgot about the Browns. I'm used to them sucking.
1: I was like there's only there's not three teams in the AFC North.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, 10 and 7 I think it gets you on the fringe. Um, I, I don't know that it's gonna guarantee them a spot, but
1: they better it's gonna really be very play. close, dude. It's gonna be yeah. a competitive AFC wild card, I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, so if they can come out of this four game stretch at two and two, I think that's a good start for them going into that bye. I mean, they'll still have um a losing record heading into the bye at five and six, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable with a week of prep, um, you know, if they if they're at five and six, because then you can probably get into the playoffs with that kind of a record. Um, but uh, other than that, um, you know, what uh, any other thing we want to note from this week that happened that uh, we need to discuss?
2: Jack's haven't lost in two weeks.
0: Shut up, stupid.
2: One win and a buy.
0: One of the other things that I think we can touch on a little bit here is, uh, well, the good old Dolphins. You want to talk about a fall from grace, a team who is trending in the right direction the last two to three seasons. And I mean, in the right direction is, well, sputtering. And, have you all seen the reports of Flores and kind of how he's lost the locker room there, apparently?
2: Yeah. He, no. you know, was it, Mike, I think we were talking the other day, he tried to bring that Belichick style, and there's only one way, that's <laughs> Belichick, you know?
1: It's, so. It can rub people the wrong way, and and you're kind of starting to see that. It's it's wearing out on people, and and I think you can only have that kind of, you know, hard ass attitude and philosophy if you're winning games because then guys will buy into it. And, you know, you'll you'll deal with that kind of crap if you're winning. But if you're, you know, one in whatever, I think they're one in six now. And last year they came close, but didn't quite get over the brink. It, It wears on people thin. And these are professional athletes. They're guys that get paid millions of dollars and go home to their wife and kids afterwards. They don't need to, you know, catch all this crap from a coach necessarily. And if the locker room doesn't buy in, you'll You'll be out of there.
0: Well, you know, the, one of the things that got talked about in some of the reports that I've read, and it's kind of ironic because Danny and I talked about this a lot last season. We were, we were basically screaming about how he's found some sort of magic button with the quarterback rotation, which is kind of unheard of because Fitzy would come in the middle of a game, save them, um, make that happen. And then in the same breath, they were kind of rotating between him and two, and it was working. And come to find out, well, that pissed a lot of players off. Uh, They were not okay with the fact that there was this quarterback carousel. And, you know, the obvious cliche that we can bring up is, of course, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Um, I think that's the cliche that's been used, God, for – ever, I guess, um, but rubs people the wrong way. And now the Dolphins are sitting at one and six. And I guess the truth is starting to fly out about how players feel. And, you know, I talked about it in my column. Danny just mentioned it. You bring that yeah. Belichick style. If yeah. it's not winning, you are going to be the scapegoat every single time.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is, too, I mean, you ever want to sour uh, a locker room? Take one of your star players and not pay him when he's deserved, you know, with Xavier and Howard. You know, that just adds to it. So, um, you know, that's the one thing that I guess, Mike, you will let me talk about. You know, that absolutely ruined the only good team the Jags have had in the last 10 years is, you know, treating players like they're just – meat so to speak like they're replaceable um you know and they don't matter the other thing too is don't discount how much of a locker room presence fitzy was you know that guy's liked literally everywhere he goes even with the quarterback carousel i think it helped a lot having someone like him probably being the cooler you know like hey guys let's let's buy in come on because he's gone and so's the momentum you know
0: On the flip side of that, so Falcons get the win. They're three and three. And, uh, I mean, it's the Falcons. They're probably going to finish around 500 because that's what they do. And, well, they have the last four weeks After being curb stomped by the Eagles and Bucks in week one and two, well, the Falcons are three and one in their last four with wins against the Giants, a close one to a good old Washington football team, win against the Jets, and a win against the Dolphins. And then they play the Panthers this week. So maybe this is the toilet bowl of the NFC South this week. Um, But. One of the things that they finally realized they have is the guy they drafted in the first fucking round, and that's Kyle Pitts, who, well, as a fantasy owner and uh, someone who has Kyle Pitts in just about every league, about goddamn time, you drafted someone, you drafted a tight end in the first five picks, and he was almost non existent. Matt Ryan wasn't even really looking his way in the first couple of weeks of the season. Now they have been, he's put up, he's put up some big games. He just finished this week with 163 yards. So I think they've finally figured out how to get their guy, uh, their top tier draft pick, the damn ball. Um, But the Falcons are going to Falcon, I guess.
1: And the the craziest part about Kyle Pitts earlier in the season is he was running a route on like ninety percent or or high uh, upper eighty percent of every play he was on. So it's not like he's not running routes and he's they're trying to use them to block or something like that. He literally just wasn't getting looked at at all. And now over the last uh, the last couple of games, he's you know kind of catching fire. And when you just look at this man play, he looks like a man amongst boys with Dude, these corners and. And he's just making one handed catches along the sideline. And when he runs, it just, it looks, everything looks effortless for him. It's, it's crazy to me that, that he's uh, the size he is and can move and just that catch radius he has is unbelievable. Kind of looks like Calvin Johnson to me, in all honesty. Reminds me of the, the way he can use his body to kind of box out, get the ball, and, and just the way he makes everything look so smooth on the field. Uh, and another crazy thing about, uh, pitts is the way they've kind of shifted his usage around these last couple of weeks he's running it's like 30 percent out of the slot he's running some plays out wide he's running some plays uh inside at the tight end position so they're really just using him as a chess piece and and they should be because he is an absolute weapon uh against any kind of defense because who the hell can cover the guy uh linebackers that are big enough to be able to hold him up aren't fast enough guys that are fast enough aren't big enough it's just you know pick your poison with them uh his usage is, has been off the charts cuz he's he's a fantastic talent it's great to see that they're actually using him uh you know we'll see what this falcons team can do it's it's got a little bit of that veteran leadership uh, especially with Matt Ryan uh first year head coach so we'll see if he can kind of give it maybe give the team some juice that it was looking for and i don't know what the hell he's feeding cornerell patterson but you know, is this who Patterson was supposed to be all along, and he just finally figured him out? Because, good lord, he's having you know an incredible season.
0: It's you know it was funny because um, with Cordero Patterson, so earlier in the season I saw he was starting, and this will kind of segue I guess into our fantasy talk here. But um, I was playing against somebody who started him, and I'm like, why? What? What the fuck? But um, I mean, this year he's got, I mean, he's been the all purpose guy for him. He's got 230 yards on the ground. He's got nearly 300 in the air and he's got six touchdowns. He's just kind of doing everything. And that's on top of, uh, him being a great special teams player. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how they've used him, um, and the unique ways they have. I mean, one of the guys that was interesting was Mike Davis, he was supposed to kind of be a bell cow for them, and uh, well, that's not really happening. So, um, he's it, getting it, no touches now. Yeah, I mean, move over. But uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into the fantasy part of this. Of course, our favorite part. Um, Danny, first and foremost, let's hear it. Let's hear the list. And uh, have we added anything? And if not, it's been a week. So why the hell haven't you?
2: You're you're gonna well, it's only Thursday, but you're gonna have to give me a second to to pull this up. Um, uh, while I pull it up, the last thing I want to say with that uh, fantastic showing of football with the Falcons and Dolphins, how do you feel if you're the Dolphins walking into this year? You see, you have the Jags and the Falcons back to back, and you don't leave with a W in either of them. Ouch
0: big oof but
2: onward we go and it says the sports center top 10 sucks nfl taunting the rule sucks ida sucks uber sucks atlanta traffic sucks spreadsheets suck the taliban sucks mike surface friendship sucks jacksonville sucks state farm sucks pulse fitness sucks WWE sucks. Andrew Cuomo sucks. Ryan Socha's free agent budget spending this year sucks. Taysom Hill sucks. Urban Meyer sucks. And the last one that we've added, which is also agreed upon by the great Mike Leach, candy corn sucks. I'm not Speaking going to. Speaking of, let's go, take
0: a moment to talk about candy corn again. So Mike Leach, the national treasure, Mike Leach said mm-hmm. candy corn sucks therefore it is now a fact and and a law and a law they asked him about his uh hatred for candy corn he was like oh it's just terrible like no one should eat it basically and then he went into all the things that are good candies basically now he did say almond joy but i'm not a fan of almond joy but i can see mike leach being a fan of almond joy and it's okay because it's mike leach. oh oh
2: I'll eat an almond joy. I won't eat candy corn.
0: No. No, I'd rather I'd rather eat shit. Oh, Give yeah.
1: me both. Wait, God. what? Give me both. Give me candy corn and almond joy. Both of you can You've been
0: muted. You can't talk for at least a minute. I'm like that Tony is- Reale. Who are you, Tony know. Reale? Hey, don't you unmute yourself. We can go all day. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> just- um first No, so let's. I mean, he's already been brought up every episode at this point. And for anyone who listens to this, all like eight of you, um, I feel like we're just going to keep name dropping Soche. Matt, you're okay to unmute now if you'd like. Um, But (laughs) he's like, nope, won't do it. Um, So I played Soche this week. And, uh, well, got another dub and I'm excited about it. I'm four and three, sitting in third place right now in the dirty dozen five and two in the family league sitting in third place in there. But, um, you know, here's the irony in it. I beat Soche by just enough in which if he still had Robert Woods, <laughs> he would have won. It all comes full circle, and that's the way the world works. That's the way my fantasy season's going. That's the way it's going to end. Book it now. I'm taking home the title, and uh, it's going to be great when I
1: do. And then you're going to buy yourself a Robert Woods jersey, obviously, or I would hope you would.
0: Dude, 100%. 100%. Stealing a fourth round pick like that, yes, absolutely.
1: Sixty bucks if you're winning, one hundred percent goes to a Robert Woods jersey.
2: Done. I hope it's some sort of like knockoff Facebook marketplace Robert Woods jersey, like <laughs> spelled W O U <W-O-U-L-D-S>.
0: L D S. <laughs> the uh, yo, know, one of the other funny things that happened this week. So my my team in Dirty Dozen right now. I mean. Most of my bench players start on most teams because we have the double flex. Um, but I got a text this week from someone asking for a trade. That was none other than our buddy Lance, who uh, we all know. But, you know, as far as far as far my team goes, like, eh, listen to this bomb squad, right? I got Brady, um, Zeke, Mixon, uh, James Robinson, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Smash Pirine. So, uh, then at receiver, sitting with Jerry Judy, Robert Woods, um, Devontae Smith, Jacoby Myers, and Hollywood Brown, and then, um, tight end, rocking Kyle Pitts here. So, I get a text this week, right? Now, like I said, most of those guys are starting in this league, at least in that second flex. And, uh, I get a text. Hey, what do you want for one of the running backs that you have? I was like, I look at the roster and I was like, all right, you better be chalking up Mike Evans in this deal for no matter which back you want. And of course the talks died there. And he was like, Oh, it's a little too steep. I'm like, I'm not giving away one of my fucking backs unless you're putting your best receiver. And so please hop off. Um, but that's the way it works, man. Like, And so funny, I I think fantasy football trading is just so jaded in this damn league now because there's been so many cases of people just getting bent over a barrel on the trade and it being an unfair deal. So now that's what people expect. So whenever people come to me and are like, Hey, I want to make a trade. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, you want one of my top dogs you're giving up a top dog in return like i'm not about to trade you an rb1 without getting a wide receiver one it's not happening and there better be more as part of that deal because running backs are infinitely more valuable thanks for coming to my ted talk
1: yeah who do you think you are Uh, bill belichick yes
0: yes of fantasy yes life after brady sucked Life after destroying people has sucked.
1: Uh, but going into fantasy, so over the last three weeks, i put up a little over – it's a half-point PPR. put up a little over 400 points in the past three weeks combined. <laughs> Still went one and two. So, yeah, it, it's going lovely. Like I alluded to earlier, Jamar Chase dropping like damn near 40 points. And I want to point out two weeks before that, I went up against Tom Brady in both of my paid leagues and in one league it was Tom Brady and Devonte Adams when Devonte went nuclear. So I, I'm just, if he needs your player to go off, make sure he's playing against me that week in one of my fantasy leagues. I can guarantee he'll drop 50 points easily.
2: Yeah. The, the other thing that I, I want to see, um, we kind of saw it with the um, <coughs> Mark Ingram trade, you know, is there going to be any, uh, any trades that have significant fantasy impact, you know, Marlon Mack's a name that gets thrown around a lot um, for the trade deadline going somewhere um, like the Niners or uh, the Chiefs, you know, somewhere where, you know, you could all of a sudden he goes from 3.2 a game to, you know, 8.6, you know, and he's relevant facing bye weeks. So I'm interested to see if anything happens between now and the November 2nd. Deadline that puts it at Tuesday, right? Um, you know, the other thing is speaking of trades, Mike. I think Soche has the only trade in the league so far this year, right? I believe so. The great Tim Patrick for and uh, Kenneth
0: Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell, you know what a barn burner of a deal. Blockbuster trade alert. hmm mm-hmm. You basically switch bench players. Congrats. Yes.
2: Yeah, you you got two guys who, the only jersey sales they have are to their family, you know. Um, <laughs> like that's and
1: then they got a Miles Sanders jersey instead, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, could be, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm trying to wheel and deal right now. Sometimes, I mean, just to troll, I'll send a trade. You know, just see if people what their reaction is. Um, you know, Mike. I believe I just did that to you. Um, enjoy Johnny that.
0: Smith for Joe Mixon. It's going to be a hard no.
1: It's a fair deal.
0: Tight end one. Tight end one, baby. Yeah. I got Kyle Pitts. I don't need your Johnny Smith.
1: I mean, if we
2: look at the longevity of the career, which one's a better fantasy <laughs> player? Let's go here. You know, um, speaking of fantasy tight ends, Robert Tanyan just hobbled up. A off bomb. The-
1: Hopkins so, is back in, too.
2: Yeah. Um, but, no, it's, you know, I, I like sending out the trades. I wish our league did more trades, but I think it's because we...
0: Not um, always trust each other.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And we're all very familiar with each other, too. You know? Um, so, when Mike sends me a trade, even if it looks fair, I'm like, all right, what's his angle?
1: <laughs> like what's? I feel like he what? never see too many trades in fantasy leagues. I feel like they're... They're getting tough to come by.
2: My, so I'm in a, a keeper league where you keep three players each year. Um, and it's a fun league. There's only four bench spots. So it's a very. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Um, But uh, towards the end of the year, you start seeing some trades, you know. Um,
1: Sell-offs and, and kind of tanking for next year.
2: Yeah. Like, hey, let me get this guy who may get, maybe hurt. Like Saquon, I think, got traded last year. Um, for a guy who is somewhat relevant, and you know, you treat it as such. You know, like, hey, if if you're giving away a guy like Saquon to try and win this year, it may suck for who you're going against this year, but you know, it is what for it next is. Next year, yeah, yeah, um, which is pretty much why and how I have both Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara in that league. Um, so that's fun, uh, but but yeah, that's what I want to see with fantasy. Who who would you say is the biggest fantasy surprise that we haven't mentioned? Like we've mentioned Cordero, we've mentioned Jamar. Who who's the unsung hero?
0: The guy um, that is on my roster right now. And that's Hollywood Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, been, dude,
1: he's had a he, good year. That he could have uh, had an even better year if he didn't have all those drops. he would be him. the he
0: would be the wide receiver one if he didn't drop 173 yards of three touchdowns that cool. week. Um, but no, dude. I mean, I took him. Shit, man. I took him. Let's see, 125th overall. He's the fifth. He's the fifth best receiver in fantasy, and this is in mm-hmm. half point PPR, uh, mind you, but. I mean, dude, he's been 16, 27, 17, 29, 5, 16. So he'll have his bust weeks, but dude, I mean, he's getting so much volume and he and Lamar Jackson have really found, um, a legitimate connection. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, he's been great. And then, um, like honestly, what's, kind of surprising is some of the guys that are further down more so than anything too, um, in terms of receivers. Cause I mean, Tyreek Hill's still up there. Devonte Adams up there. Debo's up there. Evans Metcalf, obviously cup and chase one and two. Um, but you know, Jefferson slid pretty far down. I mean, he's 15, um, you know right in front of uh Robert Woods of course who you know I took on the waiver wire um good old Diggs, Bobby Trees Diggs isn't having the year that everyone thought like I thought I was slapping myself the number of times I passed on him like there were so many times I was like do I take him here do I take him here and I didn't um and he's still having a productive year but certainly not what some of these other guys are having but um Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest receiver surprise probably is Hollywood Brown.
1: Yeah, Mike Williams. Mike Mike, Williams
0: is another one.
1: um,
2: For me, I guess specifically to my team, um, my running back surprise, because, Mike, you remember my – with where I was in the draft order, um, I think I was like seventh or eighth, which is in a snake draft, fantasy purgatory um, for a 12-team league. So I went wide receiver for both picks. I went Adams and D hop and I just had to piece together my running backs um, drafted good old Lenny Fournette. You know, um, I forget what round I'll take a look. Uh, And everyone
0: came him 80th overall.
2: Yeah. And everyone gave me flack for it saying, uh, you know, Hey, Great, you drafted the Bucks backup running back. Um, but I drafted them kind of seeing how last season ended rather it was than their
0: playoff running.
2: guy. Yeah. Um, and you figured that was gonna carry over. Also, thanks to Soche. I do have his handcuff, um, Ronald Jones. So that's fun too. Um, not quite the Robert Woods waiver wire transaction, but I mean, hey, if you're just gonna hand it over, you know, I don't know, just hand it over.
0: Well, um, you know, something I want to mention on uh, Leonard Fournette, too. Did y'all happen to see the video of him mic'd up as he gets hit? Yeah. Dude, he laughs. He giggles whenever people tackle him while playing. It's the funniest fucking thing I have ever seen. Like, he... um. Do y'all remember the play? I think it was this past week. He absolutely demolished someone and trucked him right at the line of scrimmage to get like a six yard gain. He's laughing as he's trucking through him. And then like, anytime he takes a hit, he's giggling. Like it's one of the like best things I've ever heard. It's like you do something. We've all had those like backyard football moments where like you make a great juke on somebody, but you can't contain yourself. So you're laughing as it happens He's just doing that every play, every time he takes yeah. a hit. It's great. Yeah.
2: Um, but. he's He's been my my pleasant surprise. Uh, pretty happy with Jalen Wild the last couple of weeks. Thank you, Jalen. Keep getting in the end zone. Um, but
0: How about Jonathan Taylor?
2: Yeah, but Taylor, either you were a complete, you were in love with him going into the draft, or you hated him. And I was, I wanted him so bad. And I think he got drafted, like, the pick before me. Um, Damn,
1: Randall Cobb, two touchdowns. Let's go!
2: Uh, Take that, Brandon, and your spreadsheet. Where was Cobb on the spreadsheet?
0: Dude, put that in the group right now. We got to know. Where was Cobb on the spreadsheet? Yeah, but
2: but because of the injuries and stuff, I'm probably going to lose this week, which sucks. But, oh, well.
0: Why not? It's Brandon. He sucks. I'll
1: give you one guy that surprised me a little bit. So uh, obviously I live in Philly now. So whenever I do fantasy drafts with local people, a lot of people are Eagles fans. Uh, I do one with my wife's family. They're all from here as well. So sitting there and I think it was maybe the ninth round. I still don't have a quarterback and in this league, uh, quarterback touchdowns are actually worth six. So your quarterback's pretty important and, me going into these drafts I never seem to think like I should get one early I'm like ah let's just wait and then good old Jalen Hurts is sitting there and I'm like well you know I think he could be a stud yeah the last time I kind of reached on a quarterback like that was Josh Allen the year he popped off so I said ah let's go ahead and give him a try and I think he's like QB2 QB3 this year in fantasy so he's been quite the pleasant surprise I thought he'd be good but Uh, I didn't think he'd be, you know, this good in fantasies. He's kind of putting up like 20 plus points every week. I won't say he's a good NFL quarterback. Uh, He's probably got a chance of getting benched at some point, maybe. Blake
0: Bortles. Blake Bortles. Great fantasy quarterback. Nothing more.
1: Right. He throws so many balls in just like the dirt and he short hops them, And then he doesn't hit, you know, these open receivers. And it almost reminds me when this is going to be a fantasy throwback of uh, Tim Tebow. Cause I yeah. had him actually for a stretch in, in one year for fantasy. Cause I think I what had somebody that got hurt, dude. He would have 0.8 points going into halftime. And then after halftime, he finishes the game with 24 points. It's like, how in God's name did you end up getting all those points in one half of football?
0: <laughs> well, I think you just answer your own question asking how in God's name. I mean,
1: that, that is, it's correct. God himself <laughs> steps on the field and he is Tim Tebow, but so, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with hurts.
0: I mean, I'm pretty happy about this. I'm not really completely surprised, but I am happy that I have the QB1 right now, and that is, of course, the ageless wonder that is Tom Brady, baby. Like, I still I can't get over how many people passed on him, and he's just sitting there, and I take him 92nd overall. I'm like, all right, cool. Give him to me. But, I mean, hey, I will take it. And then, uh, you know, it's funny because um, – melissa does this thing in the fantasy league which y'all are obviously a part of she will not take anyone but tom brady in the first round like the year that someone takes tom brady above her just to troll her she will probably trade her next two picks for tom brady i just discovered my next strategy next year (laughs) got it cool cold war in my house
2: Well, yeah, no, knowing your luck, I guarantee you that uh, Melissa will have the first overall pick next year. <laughs> we could draw names out of a hat, it's guaranteed to happen.
0: But yeah, I mean, Brady, that's what's wild. That's why I don't understand. And I never will understand taking quarterbacks early in the draft because it happens every year. People reach on the guys like Mahomes, Lamar. And at the end of the day, you can have – you can play the matchup game and still get 20-something points out of your quarterback. So fill the other positions. Like, I just don't understand it. So
2: – One thing I like to do, um, and I did it in our league this year quite a bit, um, you saw it, Mike, is if there's I, – I like initiating the run. So, what I mean by that is, like, from where I was picked, if I knew that I was drafting eighth overall. So, you know, I had, what, another eight picks until I drafted again um, with the snake, something like that. Now, um, boom, you know, draft Josh Allen, all of a sudden, a little run of quarterbacks. The guy that I wanted to get at that point is still there. Um, typically I only do it if there's like three guys, I can't decide. Like, all right, let me take this guy, scare people. Here's the run and go. Um, you know, so I, for me, I have Josh Allen and Matt Stafford, um, got Stafford towards the end. I'll probably use him as trade bait because, well, he's putting up great numbers. So, um, and if not, it's not a bad insurance policy. So. It uh, it is what it is. Um, you know the waiver wires are. I don't know that I've ever seen it in our league, Mike, where it's half and half. Like half the guys have cash, half don't. I don't. You know? No, you don't.
0: Um, I think I went after uh Chuba Hubbard, and uh, I will stand by that.
2: I mean Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> but-
0: it was so funny watching that game last week. I was nervous, man, because first first drive of the game, Elijah Mitchell ends up with sixty yards and a touchdown. I'm like, no,
1: here we go. No,
0: uh, but it slowed down, thankfully. But damn, that was, I was a fun game to watch. What's that?
2: That was a fun game to watch. It
0: was, but. Um, Yeah, fantasy, man. It's in full swing, and I'm here for it because, you know, I like being third right now and uh, being projected to finish second. I keep bouncing between second and first, so I'll take it. I'm doing well. Um, Danny, I know you're sitting in first place, but that's going to be short-lived, you know. Uh, Both both myself and uh, good old Charles are coming for that. Privileges. I,
2: I have a tough week with guys being banged up, certain guys on buys.
0: Oh, shut up. I had six guys on bye last week.
1: Well, draft Draft better. better. That seems like poor planning.
0: I don't give a shit about the bye week. I don't. I'll play a man down. I don't care. I'm not going to take someone lesser than. We had this discussion last week. We did. So, um, so uh, as far as, uh, you know, great things happening. I mean, good old Ryan Moore. Poor guy sitting in last place, and it's great to see. You love to see it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he was he our Sacco last year?
0: He was. He and is was. he
2: probably the running favorite this year?
0: Uh, it's looking that way right now for sure.
2: It's a tough one, you know? Um, he, uh, He got bit by the injury bug, but what's great is he used to give you a hard time about that, so that's fun. Um,
0: Dude, if he wins back-to-back Sacco's, like, I'm flying to New Orleans and just trashing his lawn with Sacco decor.
2: You will not fly to New Orleans because you're too cheap, and you would say, oh, well, it's going to be a lot less expensive if I just drive there. Plus, I can pack the car with, you know, Sacco decor.
0: That's also true. (laughs) <laughs> you know me very well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, well, as we sit here watching this Packers-Cardinals game unfold, Packers looking like they're going to get a win, and I'm kicking myself for not taking them in the weekly picks this week. As you know, I <laughs> desperately need wins right now. Um, sitting at 15-19-1, and one, not happy about it.
2: I had a good week last week. I had a great week last week. You did. You did. bro. Oh um
0: don't doubt aaron Rodgers. never nope never oh nope. well so, one thing you can doubt is chase young being good at football
1: i'm gonna give you a cha- boom
0: what i'm
2: gonna give you a chase young funko for christmas
0: please don't i'll burn it i'm doing it if you if you do it's getting burned i'm just letting you know you're gonna waste the uh, you know, three dollars and four cents. It'll be the
1: cheapest Funko you ever buy. For nah, sure. It'll be right in the front of your stack for every Hotard Huddle podcast.
0: Think about <laughs> it.
2: Buy it. You get an opportunity to get a Chase Young Funko. Don't think about it. Buy it.
0: Do it. Let's get it. Uh, you know what? While we're while we're before we wrap up, let's get a Chase Young update here. So um, come on, let's load. Trying to get uh, how many pressures we're sitting at this year for good old Chase Young. and I think he had
1: a decent amount of pressures.
0: He's got 13. It's respectable for if you're like a spot pass rusher who's not really a high-end starter. Yeah, it's pretty good. A
1: rotational guy.
0: Fucking Chase Young, dude. How is this guy drafted second overall? So stupid. But that being said, it's been another great episode. And as always, honor the huddle. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on all major platforms such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't miss any updates from HotardHuddle.com by going to the website and subscribing to our email list. You can also follow Hotard Huddle on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle. As always, honor the huddle.